Hello and welcome to Rick's Martini Bar. I'm Jerry McCarty here with Rick Farmelo and Amanda Raymond. As, as, as usual, cheers. Yeah. Oh, oh, so spot, good yes. to be back at the bar. Yeah. And we are listening to... We are listening to what Rick Farmelo calls the best Frank Sinatra album ever. It is the best Frank Sinatra With What is it? Songs for Swinging Lovers from 1950, I think it was 7... I think it's 57. Nelson Riddle did the, or- did the producing or the arrangement. Nice. And he's at his swinging his best. And we're listening to... So uh, we're swinging. You make me feel so young. Yeah. So anyway, today we're going to just talk about uh, a few different things. But first of all, Rick and Amanda, while I was out some other place... Some other country. Gallivanting around. Nah. Would have much rather been in Southern California, where Rick and Amanda were hanging out with a slew of celebrities mm-hmm. at the Canyon Canyon Club, Canyon Club, Canyon Club in, Agoura Hills. in Agoura Hills. Oh, we started to see Brian Wilson. Which Agoura Hills is called Poor Man's Malibu. It's about. I mean, I have to do the it geography. Really? It's on the way. It's no. You, you, you get off the freeway it's at like, Agoura Hills to get to go to Malibu. to go to Malibu, and it's mm-hmm. like eight miles from Malibu. And the price, yeah. house prices drop right at Agora Hills. Uh-huh. I mean, for really? a $5 million house in Agora Hills, I mean in Malibu, mm-hmm. drops to a million when you get to Agora Hills. It's a ghetto, practically. <laughs> it's practically a ghetto. There's only two car garages, and it's, <laughs> it's tough. It's like the help is, you know, not even... Uh, we'll be number one again this weekend. Oh, there you go, the help. <laughs> so anyway, so tell us about the Canyon Club. Well, and, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of a... Interesting place. It's kind of a supper club, almost a lodge. I like a supper. Looks club. like a lodge-looking yeah, place. Usually before the show. Tables, and they have like special seating, sort of upstairs a little bit. Mm-hmm. Also tables. Usually it's for the bands, you know, friends family, of the band friends of the band, celebrities, that kind of thing. And then other people come in, and if you don't have dinner, you can just kind of hang out. There's two bars on each end of the room. You can just hang out, kind of by the bars, and watch the watch the band. It's a, it's actually a really good good place to see people. I mean. It's cool. kind of more people who are not like at the top of their popularity anymore. They're still they still play well, but you know a lot of '80s bands are there. Some '70s bands. So, so who did you see? We saw Brian Wilson. Brian Wilson. Who Rick? And we went backstage. They have this beforehand. Okay, I have to for our listeners who are just joining us. Rick and Amanda have this long-term relationship with Brian Wilson. Mostly Rick. I'm just tag-along. No, no. You've met him. I've known him since, I've known him since around 1990. Yeah. You've known him since 1990, but you've been a fan oh, yeah, forever. For, forever. Mm-hmm. So Rick was this huge Beach Boys fan and got to work with Brian Wilson. Mm-hmm. And has worked with his videos, his concerts. And so now you go to see him at the Canyon mm-hmm. Club. Was he playing with the uh, Wondermans? Yeah, the Wondermans are part of his band. He has yeah. other guys that are, are, you know, he's added other people. They're all they're all like great, great musicians. They sing great, they play great. They're awesome. They're, yeah. they're like the best band. Yeah, yeah, we said hey to all of them before. And we're all we're all, I'm, I'm all friends with all of them. I know them all. And they're right. all really great guys. Um, and so yeah, we went backstage and hung out with. We saw Brian, got our picture with him, and he, you know. Cool. I was, I was, Can we put that on her website? Yeah, she's cool. got it. She'll Email it. me she the took picture. It, she took we'll... it with her uh, camera, or her awesome. phone. But he was, yeah, he, the, in the picture, he looks really happy and stuff. I mean, because I worked with him, so he, well, luckily he remembered me. Because, you know, he's getting up there, yeah, so, yeah. so he doesn't remember everybody. So after we took the picture, we, you know, hung out a little bit more, and then he kind of told everyone, you guys have to go, we're going to go on stage. So 
say goodbye to everybody. My friend Mark London was there, hung out with him. Um, let's see. So anyway, then we just kind of kind of hung out and, and waited for awesome. for it to start. And then we, as Amanda went to go get something to eat, and I was so sort this of, is before the concert before, or after? Before, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Usually after the concert, he gets below. He gets out of there. Really? Late. He went out until like eleven forty. Yeah, he, when the con- when the show's over, he just goes wow. and leaves. So the, the, you can only really see him beforehand. Yeah. Cool. So anyway. I'm just sort of standing there in this one little area waiting for Amanda to come back with whatever she's going to get eat. And I look up in the, the little upper section, which is about five feet higher than, you know, where I am. And I look over and I see Tony Dow from Leave Wally. to Beaver. Wally! Wally from Leave to Beaver. Awesome. And I've, met, I've talked to him before. It's like, oh, that's it? Because I couldn't see. It's dark, so you can't really tell. He's like, oh, that's, that's, I think it's Tony Dow. And then yeah, I realized, yeah, it really is. And before backstage, I met um, Billy Moomy, who was... The little Will Robinson. Will Robinson in the Lost in Space. He was also in the Twilight Zone, the Cornfield episode. Right. And you're a bad man. You're a very bad man. You're a very bad man. Anyway, and he actually, him. just a side note, he actually toured playing guitar with yeah. America for a while. He's a really? he's a really good musician. He has his own band and stuff. He's yeah. really cool. So I talked to him and said, yeah, I like your music. And, oh, thanks, man. So I t- talked to him beforehand. Anyway, so I look up at the booth, and there's Tony Dow. And he's Billy Moomy's up there with him. And then next to Tony Dow is Mickey Dolan's of the Monkees. Awesome. I'm like, oh, I want to go talk to him anyway because I want to do. We're talking about my friend and I are talking about doing a video with the, doing a video with one of the Monkees songs. So this is a perfect opportunity to go talk to him. You know, so I walked. You know, we'd seen him at the Greek. So anyway, the Greek Theater. Um, so I went up and introduced myself and told him the song, great show, and told him what I wanted to do. And he said, oh, that sounds cool. I said, why don't you give, give me your card and and. And he says, things are really kind of politically complicated right now. He said, but, you know, you never know. It could happen. So give me your card and I'll email awesome. you and we'll talk about it. So that was cool. And I said, I'm going to kind of bring my girlfriend over. She's, she's out getting something right now. But when I, she comes back, I want to bring her over to you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Bring her over. So it's funny. So I'm like standing there and I'm come over. He's like, oh, I'd make a dose over there. I just talked talk to him. Like, oh, okay. He's like, no, no, no. I told him to come over, come over and meet you. So <laughs> you have to go over and say hi. I was like. Oh, okay. Let's go. Sure. And he's like, no, please bring her over. Please bring her over. Because he likes girls. Yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> especially what? You like especially, girls? Especially ones under 40. A, rocket, a, no. a guy in a band crazy. that likes girls? Crazy, huh? Yeah. It's crazy. It's unheard of. So I got to at least tell him how much I love the show at the Greek and how yeah. I just brought all these wonderful childhood memories. Like, I have awesome. to buy the DVDs now. He's like, oh, yeah, you can get them. They're available. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get them. So. Yeah. He was really nice. He was really cool. Really nice. He's like a guy that I, I honestly think that he's a guy... Because I, I know a lot of people have said that he's kind of a little arrogant, a little uh-huh. jerk. He was really sweet but, to us. But I've met him at the collective show, and you've met him, and yeah. he's been awesome. No, I think so cool. I think he probably was a jerk, but he's one of those guys that is like Mellow real mellowed out, realized. Yeah. Yeah. It ain't worth it, and just uh-huh. is, is. The other thing is, sometimes nice. people's publicists or agents paint them to be that way, so that uh-huh. people will not approach them. Oh. A good example of that is I, uh, Jennifer Gardner is very sweet, super nice, really lovely lady, but her publicist paints her to be, you know, kind of this like standoffish, like I don't want to do this, or I don't want to do that, and yeah. it's like a lot of times really nice actors or musicians will hire they publicists need that, that are jerks to like be their oh. good cop, bad cop because like they can't say no but right. that's somebody that will go up good and defend point. them and say no, no they're true. not going to do that that's very we're true. not going to have them they've been working for 12 hours they're going home and it's not because the star it, can't talk that way right right exactly All right yep it's true excellent point <laughs> yep wow so yeah the show was good we you know really good it was really good played for two and a half hours yep. and you know 
He still, he still sings great. The band's amazing. Had a, had a really great time. Good. So cool. That was, that that sounds was, awesome. That was last Tony year. Dow. Yeah. He didn't, I didn't talk to him because he was, every time I'd talk to Mickey, he'd be kind of looking and talking to somebody else. Yeah. I didn't really get a chance to talk to him. But he get, they'd get introduced from the stage because uh, Jeff Foskett, who's the guitar player for Brian's band, said, We've got this 1960s Hall of Fame booth over there, yeah. and I mentioned everybody that was over there, so it was kind of cool. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Well, that's good. Let's, uh, I wish I could have been there, but instead I was somewhere else. But I'll anyway, <laughs> they, um, so next, I'd like to talk about our summer, the summer movies. Mm-hmm. And I, I have the grossing summer movies here of... Uh, and they're gross, trust me. And I'm going to ask Amanda... Yes. Is there anything surprising if we look at the top grossing movies? The summer season's almost over. It's weird. It's like in the movie business, this is like the end of this grossing, but now the Oscar season starts, right? Yeah, now the good movies come out. Yeah, now the, now the good movies that nobody goes to pay to see come out. Oh, boy. It's, no, really. What's surprising to me is The Hangover Part 2 is that... Now, regardless of how awful the reviews were, how everyone just said it's essentially the first movie with a slightly different twist, and people were complaining, nobody I know who saw it liked it, but it still made 254 domestic and 581 worldwide and international. Half which, a billion dollars worldwide. So these people that were just panning it, scathing reviews, it made all this money. And Cars too. the first Cars did not make anything domestically because it was not a good film. Right. But the merchandising well, was so popular for that, it's become such a well-known name for young boys under about 12 years of age that Cars 2 comes out, bam, everybody wants to see it because they know the merchandising it didn't, it didn't do as good as the first one, though. It didn't and do as good as the first one, but it's, I mean, it's up there. I mean, a half, it did really well. A, half a billion dollars. Well, I think it's released in Europe why, and let give us a break. I mean, I, I would tell you, world. what's interesting to me about him is... You look at the top ones, it's like the Harry Potter, that's it. Mm-hmm. $1.3 billion, that's got to go somewhere else, because there's no more Harry Potter. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's going somewhere. Next, the Transformers is next. I don't know how many more of those people can stand. And then Pirates of the Caribbean, is Johnny Depp doing another one? one? Yes. Oh, he is going to do another yes. one. Pirates 5 is confirmed. Oh, that's going to be huge, then. And I, can, and I can say that because it's not, you know, on hold anymore, so. Right. So we're going to have have that. And then and then Kung Fu Panda 2. So we take the first. Okay. And then Fast Five. And then The Hangover Part 2. And then Cars 2. It's all sequels. And, and so the first X-Men four, the first seven. Planet of the Apes was a prequel. The top seven movies. Not one original idea. No. <laughs> Trust me, you're right. Nope. Am I right? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're, I mean, looking at the statistics here, you're absolutely right. <laughs> so, that's why I stay during the summer. I don't and really go to what's, movies. What's surprising to me too is that comedies, with the exception of The Hangover, usually fare that well in the box office. But Bridesmaids made 168 domestic, which uh, that's, that's that's really a shocker to me. That's the, Bridesmaids is because that thing costs like 15 million dollars to make. That's like the big winner the of the, yeah. the, the, the profit margin. Because yeah. I think Cars 2 was like $100 million to make. And it's going to make a ton of money. I bet it made more than that. I bet it cost more than that to make. Cars 2? Animation? Oh, yeah. I know. Well, they, that, they, uh, made, they made that's it a couple my, of times. So, okay, so Rick, so from, from just an animator's perspective, 
the fact that Kung Fu Panda comes in at fourth, mm-hmm. Cars Two comes in at sixth, Rio at seven. And that's good. Uh, What's that say about Rango's animation? People like people. It's popular. It is, and unfortunately, there are more. Rango. There are more All studios now making features than there was 15 years ago. I would love to see a 2D feature up there in the top 10. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll get one in there. Don't worry. We got some plans. We got, we're, we're talking. We're talking. Awesome. <laughs> so, is there anything coming out there in the next couple months that we really want to see? I mean, I'm, I'm sure they're all going to win Oscars, but. What are you, you probably know a little bit more about the release schedule than me uh, at this point. One movie I can say, I can't say too much about it, but that I think was a really well done film Real Steel is coming out in October. Real Steel. It's a Hugh Jackman film. And it's like about robot boxing. It's like in the future, and it's Remember about. Remember that Zone episode where the guy had these? That's what they did with Lee Marvin. You ever see that one? No, but I'd like to. <laughs> it's awesome. I mean, when she told me like, I'm like, this is a Twilight Zone episode where yeah, he, he, Lee Marvin really takes well Lee Marvin takes Sean the, Levy the, directs it, and he does a great job. Uh, Steven Spielberg executive produces it. Sugar Ray Leonard actually did all of the choreography. Really, the boxing. Nice. So it's completely authentic. And it's uh, you know it's going to be probably one of those movies that is not going to be that well known, but it's like when you see uh, it, it's be a surprise. Gem. It's be surprised. Really well done. Yeah. It, it might be better than you, you think. You see that between when she said real steel, I immediately thought of Blue Steel with Jamie Lee Curtis. But you, <laughs> <laughs> there's actually an older Blue Steel with John Wayne. Really, an old 1934 cowboy movie called. And then Muppets. So they stole from him. Oh, the Muppet movie, which is she, she liked phenomenal. It. She like, I can't it. say anything about it, but. Oh, fans you saw will it? not be Did you see it? I did see it. You are so lucky. And it's fantastic. See, I would say that that, for me, that's like the big surprise for me. Um, and I told you I was at this birthday party last night where we were talking about the Smurfs. Mm-hmm. About that thing made $500 million on an idea from There's the 1980s. And it's not that it's horrible. good. It's horrible. But it's got Katy Perry as a voice. It's that, got, you know, that stuff doesn't really matter. But be, believe uh, me, I don't know. It doesn't. People, it's people got, don't go see it. I mean, it's fine to have those celebrities doing the voices, but the people don't see that because of that. I think they do. I, I think I think that's the secret to getting a movie. Is uh, Neil Patrick Harris is in the Smurfs movie. That's nothing. People love him. Some people. The kids you know, don't. It's a kid's movie. Kids don't know who he is. He's in Muppets too, also. Oh, you, you divulge too much. Awesome. Now I've now you ruined it. No, I just I just think that they, that that which, which one is he? Is he Bert or Ernie? That, that, that's just a small but that's awesome. Is I mean, he I think Muppet fleece? I think Phil. I think Neil Patrick will do anything if he, if, he, if you offer him. So I've heard. But he's very talented. No, he's really oh, he's good. Awesome. He's really good. He's yeah. awesome. I saw him in Rent. I saw him on stage in Rent. So did I. He's at the he's embassy? Really good. Yes. He was awesome. Did you, you, I didn't see you there. How come, <laughs> why didn't you tell me you were gone? Maybe we, could, we, we must have gone That was my uh, Morgan Fairchild incident. Did I tell you about that? Uh, no, you told me about your other one now. Okay, real quick story. Oh, this is a Jerry story. How about that? Jerry story. Uh, first time ever. A Jerry story. Let's red flag this podcast. First time so I moved to L.A. and my boss from Wisconsin comes over to me. He flies in, and so I'm going to treat him to, or we're going to have a nice night. We go to the Amazon to see Rent with then, Neil Patrick and, Harris. And, and then dancing afterwards. No. And so anyway, he's from Wisconsin, and he says, so I was flying in first class, and Morgan Fairchild was flying in first class, 
And we were, and I said, you talk to her? My wife, Morgan Fanchak. And he said, no, well, I fell asleep. She was sleeping, and then I fell asleep, and then she woke up. And I said, like John Lovitz, you slept with Morgan (laughs) Fanchak. And so we laughed, and we talked about it, and we did John Lovitz. Morgan Fairchild, right. and in an only an LA moment, behind me is sitting Morgan Fairchild. I, as, you, as you're telling the story, as I'm making fun of, well, we're telling this story about. And she Morgan thinks, Fa- she thinks I'm, I'm making fun right of there, yeah. Morgan Fairchild, and I never felt so bad in my life. That's so awesome. So I mean, it's awesome. In, it's, I mean, it's awesome now. It's awesome. It was happening. so I mean, embarrassing. That's, she's probably thinking these guys are making fun of me. <laughs> right. They know that I'm here and they're making fun of me. <laughs> right. And I'm leaving. I slept she with the Morgan Fairchild. Did she leave at intermission? And no, I left at intermission. I'm so... <laughs> you can feel this tap on your shoulder. I have never been more humiliated in my life. And I've been pretty humiliated in my career. This, oh. is the, this tops them all. But Neil Patrick is great. <laughs> Despite yeah. my uh, faux pas. Neil Pitchcare. Although awesome. you can't remember much about the show. All you <laughs> no, I did see. I, I did come back and watch the rest of it. I okay. just felt really bad. He went to the bathroom and threw <laughs> off. I came back and watched the second half. <laughs> okay. So anyway, that's uh, anything else we get? We're past our time as usual. Well, so what anything else, else we got to talk about? Anything exciting? So we're, Let's well, talk about Labor Day. We're, we, uh, unfortunately, we're not, we will not be watching the Labor Day telethon. I, I, have, yeah, yeah, I, I do have I do have a, an official here. I got a, We got this over the weekend. I got a... a, a Book of matches from Jerry Lewis. Nice. He just just give these to people. He had them on the set. He would just give them like here. He had them around. So it just says just his caricature. It says Jerry Lewis. It's a little book of matches. Put them with my Dean Martin matches here. On awesome. The, if only people could. We can need to do a visual so that people can see the, the Rat Pack Martini bar that I've got. All awesome. These, we can do the Frankson. We can do the Frankson after action figure. Right. The Elvis hip shaking <laughs> thing. The, all this cool stuff I have and these these signs and the all these great. These pictures on the wall and all the cool stuff. Anyway, well, I, I have to confess, I did watch a little bit of the telephone. No, 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 it was really. Oh, bad. it's on. T- oh, that's right. It was on tonight. Not yeah, it tomorrow. goes from uh, six to midnight. Big deal. Yeah, and it's, and it was pretty bad. Hosted and by four who's four people. You never Nancy know. O'Dell is the biggest star who used Ooh. to be on. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> she's, and in, the, the she's host, in your crossword puzzle. The host of the Biggest Loser. That's it's also on there. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but yeah, but it's kind of sad. I mean, it's like oh, yeah. Lewis, $2 billion he raised for him. And no, they're making a buck and a half. Yeah. yeah. And not, uh, I mean, they, you know what? They're going to make a ton of money. I don't think they will. They're, they're going to make not money. Not from this, not from, yeah. not, from the, not from the telephone anymore. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I. Yeah, maybe not. We'll see if it changes. Yeah. It's but, too bad. Uh, anyway. but anyway, it's too bad. But we're thinking about Jerry Lewis anyway. We always do, or I do. Who? Which I, I learned another fun fact, uh-huh. which you can verify because you're a huge Jerry Lewis fan. That he used to go to spring training with the Dodgers. Yes, he did. Why? Just because he loves he loves baseball. That would not picture him. He'd as go a huge there. He'd go player. there and he'd bring, he'd bring his mid. He'd work out with him and stuff. Totally. Really? Yes, absolutely. He wouldn't do it for the Dodgers now. That is. He, awesome. could, probably, he could probably play for them he now. Could play for them now. He's eighty five. He could play for them. No, that's awesome. I never knew that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, he would not be somebody that would pick Speaking, I'll give you a little thing. tidbit of uh, trivia. There was, uh, in, in The Geisha Boy, there's a hilarious sequence where the Jap- he's in Japan with this little boy, and the Japanese team is playing the Brooklyn Dodgers. Uh, it's the last year they're in Brooklyn, 57. And so all the players are on the field, and he's telling the little boy who everybody is, Gil Hodges and Pee Wee Reese and all these guys, 
Duke Snyder, Jerry Lewis is telling all these the little kid who all the Dodgers are. It's really cool. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. It's really awesome, yeah. And I heard he's got three movies in production right now. He does? Yeah, he's doing a remake of The Bellboy with somebody else he's yeah. he's responsible for. He's it. probably he probably is executive producing, executive all producing these things, it. Yeah. And then he's got like three like films. He's, there's people who are yeah, I mean, there's people who are doing remakes of his uh, the Bellboy I heard about. Yeah. Who wants to who wanted to remake of his of some of his classic films, which is cool. You awesome. get, get the right guy. Cool. So, uh, do we have time for a quick Rick story? You have any? Um, we told a couple. We told about see. the Brian Wilson, any Jerry Lewis interesting any, thing. Or I mean, I met him, but I people, didn't. Uh, it was, people it was, were in Jerry great. Lewis. I'll tell you. A good, I'll tell you. Oh, I know what story I want to hear. All right. Tell the story about, um, and I'm probably going to get it wrong, but Dean Martin, Evans, and Sinatra. Oh yeah, leaving. Uh, okay. Yeah, they're le- they're. Evans told me this story. Robert I know. Evans told me the story. They're leaving some restaurant. This is this is probably back in the nineties, maybe. Was it thirties? I don't know. I can't remember what it was. It was on Sunset, or it was it was a big restaurant. Yeah. It was it might have been on Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. And they walk out of the restaurant, and you know, it's not turned DMR pretty old. And they all walk out together, and they start walking down the street, and Frank Sinatra goes. I don't remember where I live. <laughs> and Dean Martin goes, I don't remember where I live either. Like say, 80, well, right? Let's just keep walking. We'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> and so they left. They left Evans and they just walked off on their own trying to find their houses. So that's awesome. It's a funny story. So anyway, and they did. They did. Uh, they found their houses, I think. I think they found a cab driver who knew where probably, Frank lived. Or probably, <laughs> probably, probably figured it out, yeah. So anyway, thank you for joining us at yes, Rick's Martini yes. Bar. Um, happy we, Labor Day. Happy although, Labor although Day. by the time you hear this, it won't be Labor Day. But yeah, it'll be up in a yeah. couple of days. All right. And uh, thanks for joining us. And for Rick Farmelo, Amanda Raymond, and me, Jerry McCarty. Cheers. Yes. Cheers. See you next week. Absolutely.